sunny but underneath the surface lies a dark world behind your safe little havens that y'all call home beneath the surface there's an evil that festers and grows where the american dream goes dark this is the literary license podcast america goes dark episode you're a book to screen show where we head down a dark alley and discover the books the films and all the darkness in between with your co-host Leandro Gazi, Craig Johnson, David Grant, Vicky Ray, and Keith Shago. Things may look perfect on the outside, but what really goes on behind closed doors? podcast and our end of the season with our books of screen america goes dark with virginia andrews uh, flowers in the attic and the film from 1987 and before we get started let's find out who's with us we got leandro guzzi with us hello leandro yeah hi everyone how are you and we got david cavallo with us hello david hello everyone from the land of the rain <laughs> and vicky ray hello vicky Hello, everybody. And, be, and I'm your host, Keith Shog. And before we get started, let's find out what we've been up to, starting with you, Leandro. What have you been up to since last time we spoke to you? Uh, well, a lot of things. Well, now I'm, uh, I went to London to renew my Italian passport. For, uh, and this time was good. Uh, I tried four times. This was the fourth time. So I got it. I went to Kew Gardens and I went to the British Museum. Uh, I've been working, have a few well, these three days of holidays, being in the allotment, um, reading, not much. And what about yourself, David? Um, except the stupid rain that we have in London, well, in the UK in general, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's been constant. <laughs> With a hor- the, the weather has been ridiculously horrible, and I'm sorry, I know that they're like, oh, welcome to the UK. I, I know, I know, 100% I know. <laughs> I know what I signed up for. However, you can't have the whole like half of july and beginning of august constant rain i'm like anyway this is this is my 
<laughs> yeah. I'm still trying to figure out why Leandro failed to get his passport four times. I don't know. I thought the story there. Uh, because no, I, I, went, I didn't know where do I have to renew it. So I went the, the place nearest <laughs> my home. And I, have, I went once because the, the web page uh, of the Italian em, uh, embassy is really bad. They don't give you any oh, information. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. Oh, you Italians. Trust me, Italians. trust me, it is. It is. It's bureaucratic. No one answers the phone. The, the email that they, they use an email. Oh, they yes. Back to the same loop. So I went three times to the same place. And the last time I have a, a, an appointment, and then a man told me, no, this is not the place where you have to do it. You have to go to London. So, well, that's what Finally. I did. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really surprised. I'm not surprised I'm, at all. And so now it's raining in London. And I met I met Keith uh, uh, there, um, and I can't remember the name. Uh, Keith. Ferris. Ferris, yeah. And we have Ferris. I'm really back. In, sorry. Uh, yeah, it was was really good. Uh, three days over there. Sorry, carry on, David. <laughs> no, no, it's absolutely fine. It, the only thing, it's David, not David. David. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we should do a spin-off, The Adventures of Leandro and, and The Adventures in Finding the Passport or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, besides the stupid rain and work, I've managed to watch the old uh, German Holograms TV show. I've been listening to a lot of uh, Gnosticism podcasts just That's for fun. That's great. I told you, you never sent me the link. I will send you the link. I will send you the link. It's literally on YouTube. And I've started watching The Muppets Show because I've never watched it in my whole life. The Muppets Show? Yeah, yeah never. Yeah. And I know it's... I love it's, The Muppets and Fraggle Rock. You gotta start watching Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock <laughs> is awesome too. I've never ever in my life watched it. I mean, I knew about it because it was very famous and everybody watched it and, you know, That's see all the characters on TV, but... What's that, Leandro? There are five movies about the Muppets or more. Oh, yes. I watched oh, yeah. one of the movies, The Muppets the, in Space. That's the only one I watched when I was younger. The movies are really cool. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch of but, large children over here. Okay. <laughs> but it, it's a good show, I have to say. It's, it's a very like, cute variety, kind of like lighthearted, fun like show. You got to watch The Dark Crystal, which I'm kind of mad because <gasps> they did a really good series on Netflix, The Dark Crystal, but have not yes. revisited the series. So. Yeah, the, the, the series is kind of like the prequel of the movie, and the movie I came think so. first. I'm just kind of mad yeah. because they didn't do it. They, they, I've been, well, maybe it was COVID. Maybe they'll, they'll maybe they'll come out with a second. Movie. I really hope so because um, my brother was obsessed with it. We watched it together, uh, well, the series, and we were like, "Wow, this has to continue." You know, it was, it was really well done. I loved it. Excellent. I was really surprised how well done it was too, because usually yeah. those. Spin-offs of that caliber usually suck, I think, for the most part. But this one was pretty good. It was really oh, yeah, good. So what else have you been doing? Um, work, 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 work. Yeah, nothing else, to be honest. And then rain, 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 rain. And Literally. rain, rain, rain. That's why, that's why you all have such beautiful skin in the UK. So it's always oh, nice. Oh, gosh. This is... Obviously, in the podcast, it will not appear, but then I am paler than I'm supposed to be. This is not my natural skin. I'm supposed to be a little bit darker. And then, obviously, I've lost my complexion in this, like, years living in the UK because I need some. I'm, a, I'm becoming a vampire. When I'm, more, I'm more like a werewolf type. You, you, need a, you need a tan in bed. That's what you need. Yeah. I need to go to Italy. In, in fact, I'm going at the, at, the, at the end of August. I'm going at the end of August. I can't wait. I need a little bit of sun. 
just burning on the sun. That's what I need. But yeah, that's it for me. <laughs> it's for you. What about yourself, Vix? What have you been up to? Not a whole lot. Still trying to get my mojo back from that last flu I had. But um, you've just been getting stuff done around the house now that it's summertime. There's really not a whole lot you can do when it's 106, 108 outside. But um, water parks, things like that. But uh, what did I want? Oh, yeah. I went to see the Meg 2 yesterday or two nights ago when it first opened because Asher and me are like Sharknado fanatics and like Meg, Meg Shark movies, whatever. It was great. It was good, clean monster movie fun. It's not going to win any kind of uh, Oscars, but I mean, it, it had its little nods to Jurassic Park and to Jaws again and stuff like that. So it was just a lot of fun. It had giant octopus in it and, you know, lots of meg action. So it was, it was definitely worth the, you know, the money you waste at the theater on the big screen to see it because we enjoyed it a lot. Finally saw The Flash, the new one that came out. I don't know what Marvel's going for these days, but I'm going to probably have to agree with Joe lately. They're just, God, they've just saturated the market with movies. Marvel has. They just Whoa. boom, 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 boom. Oh, the Flash is actually DC. DC. Wait. Yeah, you're right. It is. Oh, you're right. It is. Not Flash, but what was the other one? Well, we did watch the Flash. Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. That's the one. We, we watched that, too. And as much as I, I actually loved it, I've kind of... <laughs> I, it wasn't, I don't know, the, the first, I don't know, the first of the series was the most fun, but this one was good. It wasn't my favorite. But like I said, Marvel, I'm trying to figure out what they're doing. And then speaking of DC Comics, I was trying to figure out what they were doing with Flash. That's what I meant. Um, they, they had, they could have done so much more with Michael Keaton's Batman and that. And it was just kind of, I don't know, I'm going to have to probably have to watch it again because I had a hard time following it because they did a lot like they did with, um, like the, the different universes and different possibilities with different scenarios with with batman or with captain you know with mr it, it's i don't know it got kind of convoluted i think is what i'm trying to say but um those three did see mario brothers it was a cute movie definitely worth it it was you know but maybe yeah, we, i like mario brothers well you know why because it's the only video games i can play I cannot do those shit that y'all play now, you know, like Halo and all that. I, I get killed. I just, I just don't see the chance. I can't even, I'm not even getting out of the shoe, you know? I mean, I'm dead as soon as I even sign in. But other than that, I, went, I watched an oldie. It was at last weekend, and I've been watching some old uh, Joan Crawford movies, like the like Straight Jacket and stuff like that. Kind of liking the old stuff because a lot of race bitching about these writers being on strike. Well, you're not going to get anything with content. There is a hundred years of content. If you go back far enough, you can find anything that's worthy of watching. So mm. that's what I've been doing. Keith? Um, well, I've just been working, sorting out stuff in general. Um, got We're watching the Puppet Master films and Hellboy. And oh, Hellboy wait, I finished films. watching. What was that you told me to watch? Twisted Metal. Binge the whole yeah. thing. Loved it. Yeah. And we're getting into, um, we're going through the Del Toro films at the moment. So, you know, we did Blade 2 and Hellboy and I love Del Toro Bob's. anything. And then, um, yeah, we watched Rocky Horror Picture Show this this afternoon. Um, and then um, I'm just watching the, you know, the Sex and the City sequel and just like that, um, Hijack with Ingris Elba and 
getting back into Modern Family, and us too have been watching Muppets, the Muppet Show, because um, Ferris never seen the Muppet Show, so we've been watching those. So, so you guys started the Muppet Show as well? Yeah, on Disney because on Disney Plus they have the old Muppet yes. Show, doesn't it? Yes, yes, so, yes, yes. So, but um, but yeah, so that's all we've been up to. And, lazy, uh, lazy summer, kind of. None of us are doing anything like outlandishly adventurous so far. So. Oh, Definitely not with I, I this watched, weather um, in the UK. I finished up the Scream series. You watched the new, the the last Scream. Excellent, really good. I liked the last Scream. I don't know who's bitching about it, but I don't agree with any of those people. Loved <laughs> no. the last Scream. The the last I, two are brilliant. I mean, yes, they are. I was gory. I, don't know, I wasn't expecting them to be that good. I don't know about you. Was not expecting that. I thought they were going to no. suck and be totally, really like super ass trophy and stuff. But hell of a lot better than the um, Halloween stuff. So excellent. I know I highly recommend them. They're brilliant. So I was like, last night it's like, okay, we'll watch the new one. And so we watched the new one. It's just like my my mouth was dropped open through the whole thing. It's like, oh my god, what the hell? <laughs> So, but yeah, that's what I do. And on that note, that brings us to Flowers in the Attic, which is a 1979 gothic novel by B.C. Andrews. It is the first book in the Dolan. The, the Dollinger series and was followed by Petals of the Wind, If There Be Thorns, Seeds of Yesterday, Garden of Shadows, Christopher's Diary, Secrets of Foxworth, Christopher's Diaries, Echoes of Dollinger, and Christopher's Diary, Secret Brother. The novel is written in the first person from the point of view of Kathy Dollinger. It was twice adapted into film in 1987 and 2014. All the series um, of the Flowers in the Attic series can be found on Lifetime from 2014 forward. The book was extremely popular, selling over 40 million copies worldwide. The book is based on a true story. What we're going to do is cut to the synopsis of Flowers in the Attic and be right back. This is the synopsis for Flowers in the Attic by V.C. Andrews. In 1957, the Dollinger family, Father Christopher, Mother Corinne, 14-year-old Chris, 12-year-old Kathy, and 5-year-old twins Carrie and Corey, live an idyllic life in Gladstone, Pennsylvania until Christopher Sr. is killed in a car accident, leaving Corinne deep in debt but no means to support her children. On the verge of their home being foreclosed, Corinne reveals to the children that as a young woman, her marriage to Christopher so offended her multimillionaire father, Malcolm Foxworth, that he disinherited her. Now the elderly Malcolm is dying of heart disease, and Corinne intends to return to her childhood home of Foxworth Hall in Virginia to win back her father's affection in time to be reinstated into his will. Because Malcolm is unaware that Corinne had children by her marriage to Christopher, the children must hide in a secluded upstairs room of the enormous Foxworth Hall until Corinne can break the news to her father. She assures the children that he will only be in the room for a few days. At Foxworth Hall, Corinne's mother, called only the grandmother, 
locks the children in a bedroom connected to the house's large attic. The grandmother forces Corinne to reveal to her children that the reason for her disinheritance was that Christopher and Malcolm's younger half-brother, those Corinne's half-uncle, and the children are the products of incest. The grandmother believes the children are the devil's spawn and obsessed with the idea of incest, forbidding all contact between opposite sexes, but prohibiting the children from making noise or opening the room's windows. Only in the attic are they free to play. Kathy and Chris attempt to make the best of the situation, decorating the attic with paper flowers to create an imaginary garden for the twins. The grandmother comes every morning with a picnic basket filled with day's foods and interrogates the children about their modesty and piety, questions the children are too innocent to fully understand. Initially, their mother visits several times per day, bringing toys and gifts, but over time her visits grow sporadic. After months have passed, Kathy and Chris confront her and she promised they would be freed in only a few days. Corinne finally confesses that they must remain in the room until their grandfather dies. A year later, Kathy and Chris have both entered puberty, while the twins are stunted from inadequate nutrition and lack of sunlight. With no other outlets, Kathy and Chris develop a romantic and sexual attraction towards each other, though they do their best to deny their feelings. The grandmother catches Chris staring at a half-dressed Kathy and punishes the children by cutting off their food supply for over two weeks, while the children pray their mother will overreappear in time to save them. On the verge of starvation, Kathy and Chris decide to escape with the twins to find help. Before they go through with the plan, the grandmother begins bringing food again, including a rare treat of powdered sugar donuts. Soon afterwards, all the children begin to complain of constant minor illnesses. Another year passes. After an absence of several months, Corinne visits the children, explaining that she had been on a European honeymoon with her new husband, Bart Winslow. Kathy and Chris are furious, but fear Corinne has abandoned them permanently if they confront her. Realizing that the twins' health is declining, Kathy and Chris decide to escape. Chris creates a wooden skeleton key. Over the next several months, Kathy and he take turns slipping downstairs to their mother's suite to steal cash and jewelry to fund their lives outside. One night, Kathy discovers her sleeping stepfather and kisses him. When Chris learns of the kiss, he rapes Kathy in a fit of jealousy and rage. Afterwards, he is overcome with remorse, while Kathy feels guilty and conflicted about the act due to her love for Chris. One of the twins, Corey, becomes deathly ill. Kathy begs Corinne to take him to a hospital, but Corinne hesitates. Kathy, enraged, tells her that if she does not act to save Corey's life, Kathy reveals their existence to their grandfather. Corinne finally takes Corey away, but returns the following morning to inform the children that Corey died of pneumonia. The children are devastated, but Kathy left wondering if Corey's death is God's punishment for her sexual assault from Chris. Chris resumes stealing from their mother's room, only to discover Corinne and Bart have left Foxworth Hall permanently. Eavesdropping on the servants, Chris learns that the grandfather died a year ago and that the grandmother has been leaving food contaminated with rat poison in the attic due to the mouse infestation. Chris connects this with the donuts they are being fed and realizes Corey dies of, of arsenic poisoning. The three remaining children finally leave Foxworth Hall to catch a train to Florida. At the station, Chris reveals he discovered Corinne's inheritance is conditional upon her having no children from her first marriage, and she, rather than the grandmother, was the one who most likely poisoned them. Chris and Kathy decide against contacting authorities, as their main concern is to stay together, but Kathy vows that one day she will make Corinne pay for her crimes. And that is the synopsis for Flowers in the Attic by V.C. Andrews.
Welcome back to Literature Legends Podcast. We're discussing Flowers in the Attic by V.C. Andrews. So, Leandro, what are your thoughts of Flowers in the Attic? Um, well, after reading the, the two books that we, we have read before, I found it a bit like the chapters of this book are really, really long. Um, but that's something personal. Um, I like the way she describes the scenes. Uh, they're really clear image and it's so described like so really good that just when the book started even the first chapter there was something that i read that make my make me think okay the mother is not a really good person not not even reading <laughs> anything you know like not even like going into detail of, uh, first death, yeah. yeah i don't know why you know i i, I was reading i was you know well not like i make like a picture in my head of how the situation could be happening and then, and then I thought, okay, there's something, there's something strange here. I don't know what what it is, but I don't like her. And I could, and then, well, as the book goes by, I discover all, well, discover that, and then I was right. <laughs> um, well, the whole book is meant to make you uncomfortable. It makes you uncomfortable yes. right from the get go. You know something's wrong right immediately in the beginning. Like, <laughs> yes. I'm um, not feeling the vibe. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's like I, I know that the, the topic that is that is talking about um, is a bit like you know like gonna make you feel uncomfy or not understanding. Um, I was watching a TV program online a while ago, and there was um, a famous actress from Argentina that she was saying that when she was young, she got in love with her cousin, and I think. They, I don't know if they were like straight casting or second casting, but she was saying that she discovered like she was not looking to get in, fall in love with with his casting, but it just happened. And what she was saying is like, look, if you know someone that that is your family that won't hurt you, that knows your story, that share your story, and then she said, in the end, it felt so good that it's so good that it's bad. And uh, and yeah. until. Someone explained, like in the first, in the first person, right? Not not writing a book that is fiction, or and I thought, well, you know, it's like you should never judge. I don't know. I mean, did you, did you think the language of the novel kind of threw you off? Because really, who talks like that? I mean, the way they they, you know, you know what I mean? That the language was, I don't know. You can't. It's sort of like reading a book with uh, Edgar Allan Poe, the language was different, kind of, you know, and I, I just thought that there was a different repertoire in this book, and just like, who talks like that to people? I don't know. Well, I think yeah, also we have to remember that. It, Sorry, how her... her I mean, I think we have to remember that it takes place in 1957, so she's That's true. Yeah, I have to keep her... There's nowhere for her to go. A lot of people don't understand. It's like, well, this didn't happen in the 2000s. She just couldn't get up and leave. You know, and, and and go somewhere and make a life for herself when her husband dies. She really is screwed in the fifties. She got four kids. But what I'm confused is, is it okay? This is where I lose it. Is it the uncle that she marries, or is it uncle. the brother? Uncle. Or okay, yeah, yeah. the uncle because because yeah. I when I go in and read certain articles about stuff, I think some people got back ass words on this book. So so I was pretty sure it was the uncle. Yeah, it was the uncle. It was the half brother of his dad. Yeah, yeah. So the children's mother and father are is basically their father is their uncle and their father. 
Yes. Yeah. So. How creepy weird is that? Mm. That whole, but the, but the whole, but the whole thing. But didn't I? I didn't think that this 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 book, man. I felt like I just almost threw it up in the air. It's just mm. like it, you got you go through this hell. You go through incest. You go through a rape. You go through trauma. You go through you know Stockholm syndrome where you're left in an attic. You go through all this hell. You break to the death of one of your brothers because the mother eventually starts poisoning the children with with powdered donuts. And at the end, they don't they don't do shit to this bitch. So they just she just gets to walk off, and they decide to keep the cookie and the mouse and that. You know, I would have shoved that really down her throat like Christopher was trying to. But it's like, well, if, and after all that, it just well, I know what happens. You know, if there be thorns and stuff. But man, I mean, for a first book, I I, I was like, you got to be kidding me. And then yeah. she's like, you didn't really rape me. I wanted it too. I felt like bitch slapping everybody in this book. They all had it coming. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's quite odd because I mean, I guess if you're shoved into a room and all you have is each other for three years, no yeah, sunlight, three and a half nothing, years, three and a half years, and then you're going through puberty at the same time. And I mean, um, I mean, I've got puberty, fuck puberty, especially in this situation. It's already hard well, enough. Can you imagine being attracted to your sister? Just like, but Ew. I, well, I mean, I mean, what I it's 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 kind of a strange story anyway because they're all supposed to be these good looking family, this best the best looking yeah, family ever. So you got that, cheese, yeah. And then, um, what I found kind of weird is that when I read this in school. Because this was a forbid. This book was forbidden. This is yeah. This school. is one of the books we weren't supposed to have. We all passed it around, though. Yeah, it was passed Athletes around. Every, every yeah, everyone in your um, class is reading this book, and then when the sequels yeah. came out, you're passing it through. But you couldn't let your parents know that you're reading this. So and and you couldn't let the school see you're reading it as well. So it's one of those kind of books, and um, and I don't remember him raping her, but now looking at it, I know, guess now, you could misconstrue it as such. But well, I mean, now, it, but, now he does rape I mean, her because well, he, he she, was. Well, technically, he was mad because she went and kissed the step uncle or whatever the fuck he is to Corinne now. Yeah. And because he the got jealousy. jealous about it, decided yeah. she was going to be his, his, his. You know? And uh, it's just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I mean, just fucking ooh through the whole book, ooh. Well, it's kind of funny. When I was younger, when I was reading it, I kind of like, okay, well, they had sex and you know, they love each other and all the other stuff. And even though it's kind of forbidden, I kind of understand it. Yeah. Reading it now, and it's like, okay, she kissed her stepfather, I guess. Um, and then he gets jealous and then forces, you know, forced, forced rapes her. And you're thinking, and then she's feeling guilty all the way through. And you're like, what the hell? I mean, why did I pick this up the first time? <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, but but I mean it was it was interesting. I mean the um, it's kind of funny because it does leave you in the cliffhanger. Now the thing is, is um, I've read well, I think I've read all the way up to Seeds of Yesterday in this series when they I came think out. I got up to the fourth novel. And on life and on Lifetime, they filmed they them all. Story. They got an origin story out now too. Yeah. I mean, Vici Andrews died like five years after this, and there are still books coming she, out in her she, name. Well, she wasn't in good shape either, so she was point, She was writing from a place of prisoner because she felt like a prisoner because she was so confined into a wheelchair 
she couldn't really experience life like you know normal people could she had horrible arthritis so i mean when you're she's writing this book she's actually like wow this is just how i feel man i just feel trapped i mean she she did have an awful but she didn't realize well i mean they told her this book wasn't saucy enough so therein lies the incest where the incest came from when she was writing the book you got to come up with something just a little bit whatever you know that little extra now we have that the whole main theme of all the books is incest you know basically it is I, I, well, I don't I don't agree though. I think that the incest it was kind of just in the background. Although it was a heavy scene, don't get me wrong. But it's but, so uh, oppressively there in the background, you know, the, all the books. I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah. I mean, it it gets worse as the story goes on, um, to the point where it just know, goes almost, on, perpetuates the incest, perpetuates throughout all the children's yeah. lives. I mean, it just never stops. And like, and another thing that's quite interesting is is that. Um, this is actually based on the true story. It was her doctor's story. So the part of Christopher, I mean, if you want to, if you end up reading further on, you find out that Christopher becomes a doctor and Christopher is the basis and his family are the basis of this character. So this actually, you know, fragments of the story are actually true. And the incest part of it is true because he, this doctor was married to his sister. So it's like, yeah. and, they were, and, they, and they were, and they were locked away, not for, three and a half years but for six years so oh that's a and long you know what? even in the 50s you could actually get away with that though because even like you know it's just they're really what there's no technology you really these people were probably off the map anyway i mean you could disappear anybody probably back in the 30s 40s and 50s even the 60s well i think you probably could do it today actually i mean if something happens you have these fam this family the living next door and say, genetics i don't know well i don't know because i mean the thing is that the kids are going to school right and then one day they don't show up for school but the family's moved and they moved you know and they just moved to somewhere else out you know far away. i mean they lived in another state they moved to another state so they moved to like another country or another you just yeah. assume that they moved Right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I, you probably could get away with it, not giving anyone's... <laughs> hope, hopefully our listeners out there go, oh, let's see what we can get away with. But, um, so I guess you probably that's could only if be you a little got, bit harder. That's only if you want to marry a sibling, people. <laughs> we'll just give yeah. you a pointer. This is how you marry your sibling. <laughs> you get away with it. <laughs> but it's, it's kind of weird because you have this mother and you have this father and they have, like, apparently... And this is what's quite weird about the book anyway, because you're hearing it from Kathy's point of view. So in effect, you're not sure. Is she writing with her reflection back on this time? Well, everything because, is really rosy and happy and light in the beginning of the book. And even in the movies, yeah. and then you see where it becomes dark. Bam, immediately. Yeah. So. Well, Which I'm makes kind of wondering, if, is everything so rosy and wonderful because of the, the crap that they have to go through after the father dies. So she's romanticized this fantastic yeah. existence. That's what you do when, when you, when you go through, through traumas, right? It's kind of like there's a phase before the trauma when everything was fine. And then yeah. suddenly you got the trauma. It's like, because of that, everything is bad. Suddenly you look back and it's like, well, wait, before the trauma, things were shit anyway. So yeah. and then, and then you start working. So for me, it was kind of like feeling like the she kind of was looking back and then she was describing how everything beautiful or everything was beautiful, but not sure that that was really like that. You know, it's just that compared to the the crap they went through, she think like, oh, it was better. It, it was better before, you know. At least that's the way I see it. Yeah. I have the full knowledge. It. 
even though it's not in the story. But I have the feeling that that um, their mother planned something to kill uh, her, their dad, knowing that that his dad was going to pass away soon, and she will be able to be rich. Uh, I don't know. I have that feeling. Uh, well, in the book, when they keep going downstairs to get like food and stealing money and things like that, and then eventually they find out that the grandfather really isn't dead after all this time. How long has he been dead? Did he die of natural causes? They don't really specify that much, except well, he, I mean, just he was, he was old on a machine. That, that the mother's been yeah. telling them the truth. But at this point, you've got your doubts about everybody. Yes. You know? Yes. I mean, I thought I it was interesting that you thought that the grandmother was the evil one, but it's actually the mother that's the, the evil mother. one. Well, the grandmother's not nice, but the mother's the well, one she's, with the arsenic. Yeah, but you could tell that she's kind of like going... Th- I, I never understood why where the grandmother's point of view is, because... She's jealous of her daughter and hates her for obvious reasons. I think I Danny think liked her a little too much. When they were little. It's yeah. a part of the story that the, the mother is telling the kids that their parents, they were not good people, and there were those people that are talking about the church all the time, about the Bible all the time, and using the interpretation of the Bible to justify the shit things that they do. And I know a lot of people like that. Um, <laughs> like, they behave, like, really bad, and then they go on, on Sunday to the church, and everything's okay, and then it's like, okay, <laughs> good person it's now. True. Go back home, they're, they're crap. But what... She was saying is like, um, I think that her mom is like that moral thing that she knows that is wrong. And she realized that her daughter was, let's say, going to the bad path or knowing that, that her daughter will be capable of doing things like that. And I think that that's why she was really hard on her all the time because she knew it, how she was. But I also think that Corinne's a spoiled brat. Yeah. Because it's like, she was when you know when her husband was alive. She was like happy and everything like this because her yeah. husband catered to her every single means. Um, and then when he that. dies, then she's like, "Oh, how am I gonna take care of my children?" And then away, I think she kind of and she, you know, she kind of she knew that her kids are gonna be put up in the attic. She knew that they're gonna hide away. And I don't even think she even tried with her father whatsoever. I think I think, I think my- she all she cared about was herself. Because even when she's visiting her children, she says, oh, you know, first there's a little bit of guilt in the beginning. Oh, here's some toys. Then after that, yeah. like, then she stops visiting them all together like they don't exist. Meanwhile, she's going to Brahms and balls and drugs and new clothes and shopping expeditions. And then marries like someone rich and then goes off on honeymoon and just leaves her kids there. Well, and then when she gets back, for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and though I, I, I find the punishment be a bit bizarre but i mean i guess you know i can understand why they got punished i don't think i don't agree with this the the length of the punishment because that was a bit much for two weeks without food but i can understand why they you know if you're looking at like these 1930s and 40s way of um you know Thinking. disciplining your children well it's makes, very you know, puritanical except- isn't it I'm trying to yeah. figure out where she's drawing her puritanical. Well, because their mom was poisoning them. So, <laughs> well, well, well that's, that's the thing. The, the, but the mother doesn't. At first, I mean, it's kind of weird because I always thought the mother poisoned them. I, you know, that's what I, I mean, the grandmother. Was I did. It. Well, the mother did poison them. But I always thought it was the grandmother. The grandmother was behind. It. I used to think it was too. And, yeah. 
but now reading it this time around, I realized it's actually the mother because they don't get started getting poisoned until she comes back from her honeymoon and they start questioning her. And that's when it starts. It's like, you know, and it's all about for her keeping money. It's all for her to be rich. It's all about the mom being rich and leading a comfortable life. Yeah. And that's yeah. what the whole, that's the whole premise of the thing is, you know, and I also kind of wonder is that maybe the mother, you know, with this fantasized view of, you know, the parents and stuff like this, you know, I kind of wonder maybe the mom wasn't that love because it seems like Kathy was able to step in. Kathy and Chris are able to step in with the care of the twins very fast. Right. So maybe they were doing that the whole time. Maybe the mom was just a shitty mom to begin with. Well, yeah. it didn't take her long to turn into a shitty mom, did it? So it was a she's always had that possibility within her because it really didn't take her long to change when there was that money involved. So she, you're yeah. probably right. And she probably wasn't a very nice person to begin with because look what raised her. Those are some awful people, just <laughs> terrible people. And then the origin story makes it even, makes all that much more sense as to why this is such a shit show. But even, but even if, um, but even if they raised her badly, I mean, I think I think she was just a spoiled brat. So she was your grandfather's favorite, yeah. and then she falls in love with her yeah. her uh -oh. father's half brother, and then basically, you know, he, father goes, "Well, you can't marry him because he's my half brother. This is bad. This is wrong." And she goes, "I'm going to freaking do what I want." Goes off and does what he wants, yeah. and she's fine just as long as the half brother or her husband's prying for her. But then when the husband's not supplying for her, then she. She can't pull it together. Mm -hmm. So it's like she's fine as long as someone's taking care of her at all times. Yeah. Money. That's the answer. I think I personally mm -hmm. think that's the theme of the story. Money, the incest yeah. and the religion. That's all the background. It's like like, like Vicky said, like this is a kind of like the origin story. But if there's a kind of like moral um portrait portrayed in the story, like ethical stuff going on. But um I don't want to get it too long, so I'll tell you when it's my turn. Because <laughs> that's going to be long. <laughs> you know me. Uh, and, I, and I, you know, and the whole thing about the twins not growing. No, well, yeah. they weren't fed properly. They weren't getting any sunlight. I mean, I imagine their growth was probably stunted a little bit. I mean, because mm -hmm. they were ceased to getting any nutrition or any interact or any, what do you call it, uh, stimuli from the outside world. I imagine it could probably fuck with your health and not growing properly. Well, I mean, sides, you know, side thing, if, you know, spoiler alert, I mean, eventually the little girl ends up committing suicide because she doesn't grow and everyone treats her like a doll. Right. You know, she's going to college and it's like everyone's treating her weirdly because she never grows. So, you know, and, you know, and then, but I mean, that's know. dwarfism, so that's kind of weird, actually. I mean, I, I can see where there's, I mean, but they would be small, but they wouldn't be dwarf, you know. Yeah, well, apparently, she, she was like dwarf size, that's what the, that's in the books, anyway. I mean, I don't right, know, right? In the books, I, I don't know how, I don't know how much research Virginia Andrews did, if it's possible. <laughs> she might be picking up. I'm just trying to figure out where. Well, I it's just so dark. All the spell that well, she had some ghostwriters finish up her book. So we let's not give her total credit for the whole series because when she died, somebody else took up for her. Well, I don't know if you knew this. I think it came to my, my mind. My my sister is a doctor, I think when she was studying, and I think is when when babies are twins, right? Um kind of like um there was will be 
one always slightly bigger than the other one. Yeah. Even 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 in identical twins, because well, no, if you know, it's like all start with one that splits in two, and there will be always one when there's like they're like growing, that will be like kind of like faster to assimilate food, let's say. So it will be slightly bigger. So maybe that could be one of the reasons why she never grows so much. I mean, I was a twin, but I ate my I ate my, ba- I ate my twin in the womb. No, I didn't. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, when there were there were some that happened, and sometimes there are two. Yeah, I know then, they do. Sometimes they, they eat the baby. They absorb the baby in the womb, don't yeah. they? The twin does. So. I guess let's rate it. So starting with you, David, what do you rate Flowers in the Attic, the book? This is a difficult rate. Um, The story is definitely not my genre. Um, I mean, it's kind of my genre because it's got a little bit, it's gothic. And I would have loved a little bit of supernatural stuff, but obviously there wasn't. That's when there's no supernatural stuff. I'm like, yes, Uh, but obviously it wasn't. (laughs) Say that again. Pure reality, no superpower, nothing flying. <laughs> no, no, exactly. <laughs> more, um, more, more than that. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> if, you, if you read the rest of the series, Kathy does get a superpower. It's yeah. between her legs. Between yeah. her legs. Oh, does she? Oh, yeah, interesting. She, it's like the movie. Well, she sleeps with her stepbro. She sleeps with her stepfather. She's sleeping with everyone. Uncle, goes, yeah. Like, uncle goes back <laughs> to having sex with her brother again, and yeah. For a second, I thought you were talking. About, do you know the famous cult movie? I mean, I call it cult movie. I hate it. I watched like a quarter of the movie or half, and I hate it. It's called Teeth. I love oh, yeah. that movie. I think it's ridiculous. Epic. It's one of the you most ridiculous like movies. Oh How did you not like Teeth? <laughs> this is I'm ridiculous right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's the scene when the guy sorry this is kind of going off track but it's kind of when the guy goes to the girl not and he's really. like, please I've not had sex since like pre-Easter or something and I'm like Jesus I mean <laughs> but anyway um, yeah so it's it's, it's a, I'm gonna say it's a very interesting book um, I obviously you know the way I like analyzing things from philosophy or psychological view of stuff so besides all the events and the traumas i thought that the story was based on the fact of analyzing the ethical life lesson that money corrupts people because yeah. like like you said keith the mother was oh, i want to use a bad word but i'm going to use a bad way to explain it she was sick in the head but not because she had some issues because she was so spoiled when she was younger coming from a rich family she would get whatever she wants etc etc the the moment she had the ground off her feet removed then she started going crazy she didn't even care about the kids anymore in the story she looks very lovely i mean i watched the movie uh, first, and then I read the book, so I knew that she was going to do what she was going to do. I like that. But then, for some no, but then if you if you read her during the story, she see she seems very genuine, and maybe during the story, maybe she means to be genuine and nice and kind to the children. But money matters more clearly to her than the She's children. A twat. 
<laughs> yeah, awful. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think woman. I think that's I think <laughs> that's the scientific term. <laughs> I think that that's the scientific term. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, she she's not like 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 a, like a <gasps> character. She's terrible, no good, <laughs> rotten bitch, <laughs> horrible. So, yeah, I mean, she 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 yeah, she tries to kill us, so she must be like some, having some issues and stuff. But I, I generally thought that mainly the thing was about the fact that she was obsessed with money, and then the obsession with money made her lose con- touch with reality. You know, she became inhumans and stuff. And obviously, you also have the sort of corrupted um, grandfather who's sick. But then they talk about the fact that he's got all this money and he built the church and he goes to the church and he's obsessed with his rule. And then you have the grandmother and she's the, my favorite character. I hate well, I it with all my that, guts. Well, Corinne, in, in the origin story, Corinne was not her daughter. So daddy was not well-behaved. But I guess it depends on how you interpret the story. Yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, the, the, all the characters seems to have issues and problems, to be honest. And was the there grandma. any loving person in this story? I mean, there was nobody worth loving. The even story. the even the the the, the half uh, uncle, I thought at the beginning that there was a sort of um, codependent love between him and the wife and the children. He was obsessed. Oh, do you love me? Please tell me you love me, otherwise I'll die. And I was like, okay, that's that's a bit too much. <laughs> so I think every character has some sort of like psychological issues or some sort of trauma, or whatever. So it's yeah, I don't know. Dysfunction. Uh, yeah, all dysfunctional. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, so if, well, I, if I really how many vote, how many stars would you give it? I was yeah, um, probably I would give it a three point five, a little bit more than half because. Yeah, I don't really know how to rate this uh, this book. 3.5, I would say, probably. I don't want to go too much. Um, but, yeah. What about yourself, Leandro? What are your um, final thoughts? And how, how would you rate this? Three and a half. Yeah. But it didn't, didn't touch me as uh, the story as other books. It's like, as David said, it's like more like greedy and... and what people with, with, let's say, with money and power, they can do. And for example, if, if, if she have uh, committed to kill all the, the kids, no one will never go and look for them. <laughs> yeah, shame. Because yeah. They, they, were, they didn't exist. So you get away with it in the 50s, probably, too, especially if you had a lot of money. If you, for example, yeah. when she disappeared through the, for the family, the family knew well that she left, she left. But but what we see in the story, no one asks anything about her, why, why she came back later. No, nothing had happened. She was there getting getting ready to get married. Like, it was like normal life. It was all fake anyway, but yeah. So 3.5. Vicky? Well, I mean, I, I think you also have to remember in those days, I mean, people used to go travel, um, people used to go traveling around Europe in those years and just be gone for years on end and then come back, so... Yeah, you know, we saw that in like Talented Mr. Ripley, didn't we? With um, with Dickie, yeah. Dickie Greenleaf. So yeah. that was around the same time period. Oh um, yeah, that's true. I think, yeah, that's right. Now I think about it. What about yourself, Fix? What do you rate One this? Of, sorry, the the war with Donin. That they could say, ah, oh, yeah, he's traveling around Europe, and maybe the person was in jail. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't know, would you? Not back then. Uh, women, women used to disappear for nine months, and um, because they were pregnant, come back, and no one would question it. 
You could get away with stuff back then. I'd give it a three and a half. Only I would give it a four more. Oh, but I hated how they ended. I did not like how she ended. I don't like things with no closure at all, even though (laughs) there were other books that came out. You go through all this hell and that they let the mother get away with it. I was not happy with how that was handled, even though things do pick up in the other books. Then there is some kind of closure as to that. But it, 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 I guess it's nobody talks to each other the way they did. It was just so surreal and weird. But I would, it, it's still worth reading. I mean, it is turned out to be one of our, you know, more modern classics as far as thriller, you know. I don't even know if you could put it with horror, but more like thriller horror, I guess, kind of sort of. But uh, yeah, it's a good yeah. book. There's just no closure in the first one. So you almost got to read the second one. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to give it. I think I gave it a four only because I have childhood memories of this and I remember reading it and loving it and reading it. Well, that's because we were all weird kids back then. Well, I mean, it was banned. It was banned in schools all across the America. Well, that's like Judy Blue books. Those were banned. As soon as we knew the books were banned, we just all start passing them around, (laughs) you know? I mean, this book was banned in Georgia just um, four years ago again in a school. So. But it has to That's be the incest. Stupid. Like I this. mean, they've got all kinds of books about teaching your kids how to have sex in school and they worry about something this minor, you know? Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah, whatever. But, but I could I quite like the soap opera-ness of it all. Though I have to sit there and say that what I thought was great writing in my youth, I don't think is the best written as far as being put together. Oh, I, I know. Really I used to think that uh, I used to, it was, it was like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever read. And then when you get older, you look at it with different eyes, but it's still not a bad read. <laughs> it's quick. It's only like 98 pages or something ridiculous. Well, okay. I also have to sit there and say that it's written in the first person. And I was, I normally, I have difficulty with books in the first person because you kind of have to like the main character to get on your nerves because it's I this and I that and I, I, I all the way through. And I, I, she wasn't getting, she wasn't getting on my nerves. So I think that that's quite clever writing because Kathy, she gets on my nerves later on in the series. Which, she got on um, my nerves. I don't know. She got, got on, on my nerves. Well. <laughs> yeah. She didn't, didn't get on my nerves that badly. She didn't get on my nerves that badly. So, but, no, but still at the same time, like, they're all good. Yeah. But the, I, I, I think there's also a bad point in the book. And this is why I didn't really like it much. For how much I agree with the writer, I thought the writer had clearly an agenda of going against religious extremism. So I totally agree. Fucked up in the head. I'm sorry. I'm a very anti-religious person. However, it was too obvious in the story to the point that the main characters, you know, the kids, the, the teenagers, were too aware of how bad the woman was telling them off and then the rules she was making for them and the fact that they were reading from the Bible and they were using the Bible against the woman. They were too clever for their age. So for me, it was kind of like, well, okay, she's clearly putting in an agenda in the story telling how bad these religious extremists are, like the grandmother, which I agree with, but I wouldn't have written it that way. In fact, in the movie, I think it's better. They're they're so fun to mess with. People are that whacked out on religion or just like a target audience for me. But then again, I think you have to, we also have to put this in... um, um in relevance to its time period so if this takes place in 1957 uh-huh. yeah corinne because the kids are 12 13 years old the, the kids would have been born in ni- late 40s early 1950s right. or before that which means that corinne um childhood would have been like mid 40s and forward and then her grant that means her parents probably were born in the 
1910, 1920s, roughly, if not before that. So if when you so when you put it in that time frame, a lot of this starts making more sense. But I think it's it's kind of and the thing is is and it's kind of weird because when I read Flowers in the Attic in the 70s and it came out, for some reason I was thinking it took place in today's in the, in the 1970s world when I read it. I think it's something well, because it's such a it's such an adult theme. I mean, you don't expect it yeah. to be out and it didn't, you know, it's it's so adult. And I mean, when mm. we were reading it, it's just like this is a real adult book. I was 12 when I read it the first time. Yeah. But uh, but I'm saying I thought that I thought the whole story I thought the kids were locked up in like 1970s. I didn't realize it was. It's only That's rereading they made I realized the movies it. in the 70s and they didn't make it look like. No, the, the film came. The film didn't come out to 1987. So I read this I book long before. I read the I read this book long before the film. Long before yeah, the film. The but film, I, but the they film, didn't really make the film took, look that old though. Yeah, but I'm saying that when I read the book, for some reason, I thought it took place in the 70s. For some reason, it's only rereading it now that I realized, oh God, this is 1957. This is a it didn't make different... more sense this time around with why why would Corinne go to her mother and father's house? See, I think with the, the 1980s, 2000, why does she just get a job? What is she going home for? And it's just like, yeah. oh, it's because he's filthy rich, and you know she's got to get and, daddy to love her again. And then, and then when, the, and then when the kids finally escape, it's 1960s. So when the other books take place, they take place in the 60s. So it's it's kind of, but you know, when I read that, I thought, okay, the books take you know 70s. You know, by the time petals and the wind come out and let there be thorns, they're in the 80s. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, but but now when I think about it and put it back in its time period, all this stuff means it makes a lot more sense than thinking of t- in, in today's sensibilities and though even the sensibilities when I first read it. So I think that's probably why that's probably why I kind of give it I gave it up an extra star there. I would just kind of Bronte-ish. I mean, I'm assuming she was influenced by the Brontes a little bit, just a smidge. Well, it's 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 Southern Gothic as well. There's that Southern Gothic, yeah, Virginia writing and the the American Gothic way of writing, which I think she's I think she captured quite well. But it's enjoyable. She? I thought she did that handle that quite well. Exactly. Yeah. Go for that. And this brings us to Flowers in the Attic, which is a 1987 American psychological drama film directed by Jeffrey Bloom and starring Louise Fletcher, Victoria Tennant, and Christy Swanson, and Jeb Stewart Andam. Its plot follows four children who, after the death of their father, are held captive in the attic of their abusive grandmother's sprawling estate by their cruel and manipulative mother. It is based on the V.C. Andrews book. At one point, Russ Craven was scheduled to direct the film and had completed a screenplay draft. Producers were disturbed by his approach to the incest-laden story, however, and Jeffrey Bloom ended up in writing and directing duties. The film came out in 1987 and was a box office hit, though there was plans for a sequel to do Petals, Let There Be Petals in the Wind. Unfortunately, that never came to fruition, even though Louise Fletcher and uh, Christy Swanson did sign on. So what we're going to do is cut to the trailer, uh, Flowers in the Attic from 1987, and be right back. They have come to seek refuge 
secrets are kept, where the future is haunted by the past, where the innocent live in the shadow of sin, where a dark legacy awaits to destroy all who defy it. truth they have yet to face my god is the terror no one could imagine Mama? flowers in the attic victoria tenant academy award winner louise fletcher based on the best sellers that have shocked 40 million readers worldwide flowers in the attic Welcome back to Leisure Lives Podcast. wrong with me today? Hello, welcome back to Leisure Lives Podcast. We're discussing Flowers in the Attic, the 1987 film. So, David, what are your thoughts of Flowers in the Attic, the film? Um, weirdly enough, I think I liked it a little bit more than the book. Obviously, not my favorite genre, but you gotta love when she's beating the children. You're like, yes, kill them. No, jokes aside. Um, <laughs> so, um, it's interesting. I was thinking they, if they released this movie during COVID, they would have made so much money. They would have made so much scandalous reviews and everything. I think they should have marketed during COVID when everybody was being locked in. <laughs> Well, that, was, that, was, that would have been too woke for a lot of people. Yeah, but this is exactly what would have made them made more money because, you know, make people talk about this stuff. Oh, my God, it shouldn't happen. Oh, my God, we should do it. No, this is right. You know, that, that's how you make money eventually. No, it would probably talk. get really trendy if it was released right now. Yeah. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Reprobates um, are us over here in the States lately. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I watched the movie. Uh, before reading the book so maybe that's what influenced me as well funny enough i watched both the movies i watched the old one and the new one as well the old one much yeah. better than the new one the new I one the so. i liked i liked that i liked the 1987 one a whole lot better than the, than the new one and i i, I oh, like yeah. shipka I, I love her you know i love I just about there's just something about, i don't know what Maybe it's the ending. I think you like. I think you like the ending much more because yeah, in the well, new yeah, one, the, old, that, the mother had it coming. I do love that the mother, you know, totally gets it <laughs> in this first movie as opposed to making you wait in the book. So yeah, there, there is that. But I mean, and she embarrasses them at the wedding, does she not? I mean, she does whatever. I mean, the the, the groom is like, what the hell? But that, but the, <laughs> but the movie, I thought, kind of made you uncomfortable. Ooey, so too, is like ooh, 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 mm. kind of thing, you know. But they didn't show any weird sex or puberty issues yeah. going on. I think in the second one there was something. away from that. It was. I think in the second. Yeah, I think in the the latest, the second movie, if I remember, well, there was something that was slightly hinted um, compared. But then in the old one, they completely removed it. Um, and then they had the a mar- kisses, you know. Yes. And then, uh, and then you had also the mother that was more detached in the movie. I felt like they in the Heather Graham was more more detached in the movie. That one, I thought I loved her as as the mother. She's just 
so, I mean, it's hard to hate her. You got to love Heather Graham. But I mean, she was just, I hated to love her. I love to hate her, actually. I just, she had a face with somebody. <laughs> She's out the they well, they both had that dumb tips. look on their face when their kids got even with them. But yeah, it, it, it was getting kind of cool to see Heather Graham in the first one, but she wasn't still, yeah. <laughs> But I'm, and also I find it very weird at the beginning I thought okay when I still didn't know anything about the story when I watched the movie and the father had this weird relationship with a with a daughter and I thought okay this is going to be very weird this is going to well there had you know, to be something th- weird going on with daddy I mean that that just screamed incense too you know <laughs> I mean you know that's well in the, the origin story that's why the grandmother hates Corinne so much. I don't think she was her. It was even her daughter. Yeah, but it was a bit. It was very unfair for the kids instead. Because fair enough. I mean, she was an absurd, rigorous extremist person, whatever. But I mean, the kids, what what faults they really have? If in fact it's her obsession with rules and don't touch, don't look at each other. I'm not touching your private yeah. part. Blah blah blah. I mean, it was in the book. Um, that I think that pushed her towards it, kind of like getting curious about each other and obviously locked in the same room, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Um, so sometimes you, you try to avoid something and then instead you push it towards that way, you know? So, well, in the, um, in the movie, the, the attic was, well, in the movie, the movie, the attic seemed much larger than in the book. Did you think the attic was smaller in the book or is it, do, what do you guys think? I think, no, attic, I, I think when I read the book, quite big because it's supposed to be the, over the whole top of the house and the house is yeah. huge, so. But then again, maybe it's not because the thing, well, they're, I don't know. I mean, they're not supposed to be playing in the attic at certain times of the day because the servants yeah. can hear them. So. Well, there was a part that was saying that apparently the house was a certain style and then they would start to add more rooms and more rooms. And it was saying that they were in the attic and it said that they could see like windows really, really far away. And you could see like the how the, the timbers were changing. So I imagine like, um, the the attic was getting bigger and bigger, and you know they used to have I don't know like two pianos and and things like that. Um, I don't think they didn't hear the two kids trying to sneak out, and Christopher's yeah. trying to get back in with all that racket he's making, trying to get back into the house, and then there's yeah. dogs down there, but the caretaker doesn't hear or see anything. I was just so I was like, were they on the other side of the house, or was this a smaller attic, and they were just over here, you know? Hmm. But I like the book I mean, a lot I, better than the book, though. I was disappointed in the film when I first saw it, only because all the incest is gone. Yeah, it kind of, and and then the way that they killed the mother is kind of like, huh, sort of thing. Kind of trolly. Um, it was unnecessary because I think it, if the story, if if you said that there's a series of books, then this way you kind of cut off and say, okay, we can only make a movie. Whether instead, I don't know the story. Well, of the other it's, books, it's, but, it's, but. It feels like a Hollywood tacked on ending. It's like, oh my God, we got to make an exciting Hollywood ending. And that's what it felt uh, like. Like a happy ending. And considering, that, and considering that they're supposed to be making the second book where the mother is making an appearance. So obviously that would have screwed up the whole series of books anyway, I suppose. It's probably a good thing yeah. they make it. Louise Fletcher, I think, is brilliant. The grandmother. Yeah. She's brilliant. She's know. brilliant anything she's in. I don't care. She's just... She's just a scary broad. She's a very nice person in real life, but my God, the roles they gave her were just sterling. Like, you know, like nurse, nurse, the nurse, Ratchet. I mean, you know, I mean, what a mean bitch. I mean, she always gets pigeonholed into these roles. 
it's really interesting now that you say that like well we were having chatting that i don't know if you you realize that she she was dressed in black before the the man died so it's a bit strange you know like uh when we were chatting now I, 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 that thing came to my mind and it's like the the grandma of my dad was married with with her, uh, her husband something yeah. happened that I don't know. I think I told you this. Something happened. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. My grandfather has an argument with his dad. It was the husband of this lady. And my that's what my dad told me. And his dad said, well, from today on, you are dead for me. And then my dad was telling me that when he was a kid, he always saw his grandma dressed in black. And one day he asked her, she said, well, because I'm a widow. And then when my dad was 17, one day he arrived home and realized that her real granddad has died. And I said, but hold on, he 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 was dead when I, before I, I was born. And I said, no, we lied to you. He was he was alive. Was so you know, it's about like how they can in the old days they could make you die if you want and nobody would ask no one was allowed to talk about maybe people knew it but no one was like coming to you and tell you look this is the truth until your parents say it and i don't know in your countries but in my countries like like when my dad was young i said but you never asked your dad and said no when my dad was saying shut up i have to shut up there was no <laughs> to me to say ah, yeah but i think like we are now yeah. and and this is how is the that grandmother, you know, this is my house, my rules, you don't you do what you <laughs> need to do and then the story. And I don't know if she she was bad, yes, she was really, really bad. But at the same time she was genuine. She never yeah. like tried to be, you know, like the mother that was a really bitch. And then she was <laughs> sugar and she was lovely and 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 then there just wasn't ended. anybody. I just didn't think there was anybody, even like from the book, even in, in this movie, to feel sorry for, except maybe the twins, because they were just the only innocent ones in this whole thing. I mean, I, I, I don't know. This, this is not a feel-good movie. It's not supposed to be uplifting. You don't leave the theater feeling like, oh yes, this is taboo. <laughs> I feel so good about myself that I've actually went and seen this. You feel icky because it is. It's an icky. Um, comfort zone crossing kind of ooh kind of movie because incest is just rampant throughout all the books and in the movies. I mean, you just cannot get away from the attraction to the family member. It's just all done and, and over. It's just, this is just rampant the theme through the rest of the stories. And and, then, and you know it's not going to end well for everybody at all. I mean, there's no happiness in any of these books. There's no happiness in any of these movies. <laughs> Everything started going down here. Short-lived happiness, short-lived. Uh, you know the scene when the kids start getting sick and then suddenly they take him away and, and the brothers and the sister and they're like, oh my God, yes, yes, yes. And I was like, no, they're going to kill him. And the next no, day the mother comes in, oh, him. yes. And then they she's like, yes, he died. They probably didn't even try to fix him. him. They probably just buried him alive. Yeah, she's like, we didn't well, even do the funeral. We buried him. Goodbye. And I was like, there we to go. To be honest, it's really the like saddest a part. Negative. The saddest part of the film is when they take Corey off and John, the butler, picks her up. She goes, he goes, hello, John. Hello, John. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sad. And they carry and him off. They never took that boy to the hospital. 
they took him directly uh, to the graveyard. They took him out to the backyard and just yeah, just because I think like, they're going to take to to. She was a really respectful family, right? Which which name she's going to enter that boy to the hospital, right? And even say how you let your your son be in that state? Why you didn't bring it earlier? So it will be a lot of problems. So I imagine that what they did is just let him die in a different place and then they bury him. Yeah. Yeah. Not going to claim for well, him. There was but... four, well, there was four graves. They were planning and killing all of them. That was the, the plan, yeah. And if you see in the beginning of the movie, he was piling the those pancakes, so he was eating more than the rest. But if you see, all of them were like looking really yeah. like... With like, makeup. Were, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I mean, the sad thing about that is, is that because Chris and Kathy realized the twins weren't getting enough to eat, they're actually giving them their share of food. Yeah. So imagine like like you're helping your brothers and sisters out and you're giving them most of your food, not realizing it's poison. And then you find out that it is that you've actually been killing your, it's you've actually been killing your own brothers and sisters, uh, even though you're trying to do the right thing. So you're going to have a little bit of guilt about that if you think about it. Right. And and then there was also the creepy scene when he tried to give him blood. He cut himself and started feeding him blood. And I was like, oh my God. That well, was I really guess probably the only thing you can give him. That yeah, but that, I mean, he was starting to become a doctor, fair enough. So he knew. But then I was like, oh gosh, no, this, this can't go worse than this. Well, I mean, this is what this is part of the problem I have with book and film is that Chris is studying to become a doctor where is he studying yeah. to become a doctor? He wants to be a doctor. So was, did he find a medical journal up in the attic and he's starting to read through it? Or yeah. I mean, eventually he does become a doctor, but I do, but you do kind of wonder like, oh, he's suddenly become a doctor and he knows these doctor things like you know, he's third, he's tw- he's 13 years old when he goes up into the attic. Where is he learning this doctor shit? <laughs> Where did he learn this? <laughs> There's a little bit of suspension of belief there. I mean. To be honest, in the book, I mean, in the film, I have to sit there and say that the kids are a lot more innocent. They're a lot more, um, they're more victims than they are in the book. I mean, the thing is, Kath, Kath, I don't, I'm not annoyed by Kathy or Chris or anything like that. And because the incest is kind of out of there anyway, there's no hint of it whatsoever. They've taken it out. So now they're just these four kids being abused by the mother and, and the yeah. grandmother, basically. So... And I don't, and, I, and the thing is, is I guess that's why I was a bit disappointed in the film because they taken out the incest part of it that went through. In a way, that's kind of like most of the the essence of the book. So they kind of taken that out, and then they kind of gave it this horror ending where you know she she starts twirling around on her bridal veil and then right. you know changes herself, and that was a bit mm, okay. Well, this is a bit. You know, I mean, I can understand why they did it, but I don't. What I can at the time I saw it, I was like, okay, well, I kind of understand why they did it. I don't like it, but I understand what they're doing because they're going to make one movie. Right. Reading the notes and the production of this, and you find out that the reason why they did it is because they showed this film to a bunch of teenagers who were 13 and 14 year old girls. And whenever the incest came on, they all went, ew, ew. Oh, well, that's and what it's supposed to be, ew. But because but I'm saying that because they did it to 12 to 13 year olds, 
that's who they showed it to so that they had to go back and they cut they they put in a, a, a different ending which somewhere out there somebody's them. perverted uncle saying you know well if she ain't good enough for her own family she ain't good enough for ours you know <laughs> i'm just saying there's people out there they walk among us <laughs> but they had the but i mean they had the re, i mean they had to recut the whole movie because of it um where well, Corinne they kind of get the one with with a Kieran and Shipka. They kind of let us. They kind of go there, sort of, kind of, but not much. Yeah. But in, I mean, in this version of it, I mean, the thing is, is like when Corin has to robe in front of her father to be whipped by her mother, right? You know, where it happens in the book, they had to like cut this because the teenage girls. Did like, they oh, cut yeah, it? I, I thought like they it. showed it. And they kind of, there's it was a bit more involved to give it that more of a you know it it was a bit longer okay. and they dislike the original ending where Olivia tries to kill the children with a butcher knife because they found it to be too horrific so right. they had the part where Olivia the grandmother is going around trying to kill the kids with a butcher knife at one point. Can you imagine? Oh my god! Can you imagine having Louise Fletcher for a grandmother to begin with? Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> but you said that they were showing it for to like young kids. Uh, you said you went, they were trying to show this movie yeah. to young kids. Why yeah. would they do that? They need, you need to show your audience. This is something more Blumhouse. for well, well, adults. It was, this was a girly Blumhouse, but it was kind of Blumhouse for back then. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what it is is that, I mean, I don't know how many parents at this time were reading Flowers in the Attic when it came they out. They had no idea what we were reading. They had no clue. <laughs> I, have a, I got a feeling that this book became a 40 million... It sold 40 million copies when this book came out on the first printing 40 million copies yeah so, so this is almost like you know almost there's almost like a copy in everyone's household or every five houses there's a copy of this book. <laughs> every attic <laughs> so it was so, very popular it was very very popular it was really trendy it mm. was it was like you know it was like some mm. culture kind of book it was just like it was weird when you think back on it now that i'm thinking mm. about it you know, oh, yeah, it, was, it had it had the it had the thing where he had the a little square cut out of it, you know, and it had Kathy's went. face showing it, and then he opened it up and had the picture of the kids and family, uh, yeah. family inside. But um, but then this is what I find a bit weird because at the time we were all like 13, 14 year olds, and that's right. probably we were probably the ones who basically read it and probably kept sold all the copies to, even though we we're probably weren't supposed to probably read it. Gen Xers, yep. But the question basically is that a film takes 10 years to come out, 10 years to make it. So right. that audience probably instead of like 13, 14 year olds, probably should have done the early 20s, yeah. year, early 20s, because that would have been the people who probably would have gone and seen it. It would have been our generation went to go see it. Because because yeah. we, we read it, it's like, oh, God, they finally made a movie. We want to go see this. We read this when we were kids situation. Mm-hmm. But I think it's probably, you know. You know, kind of a missed opportunity. I mean, the interesting yeah, that's thing a good way that to we present do, it. I mean, we do get Buffy the the, the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's who, Christy Swanson is the original yeah. Buffy. Well, was, was wasn't she in a? Didn't she? Oh. Get it? Wasn't she in one of the um, Freddy Krueger movies too? Was she? In one no, of she was. She did. No, she did a Wes Craven film called Deadly okay. Friend. Okay. Okay, that's what I got screwed up with. Where they put a computer, where they put a computer chip in her head, and um, and then she takes a basketball, and the and the old woman from Throw Mama from the Train, she bashed. Oh she's, my God! I so forgot her about head. that movie. Mm. I forgot about yeah. that movie that she was in. That she did quite a few movies from the eighties and the nineties. 
But she yeah, did she's still around. Fluffy. Yeah, she's still around, sort of thing. So she still looks but, good um, too. She eats well. Yeah. Yeah. But um but um yeah, I mean I mean looking at this time around and separating it from the book, I enjoyed it a little bit more. It's still not it's still very soap opery. It's it's campy too. I never realized how campy it was until this last time I watched it again. It's campy. Mm. What are your thoughts, Leandro? Um I well I I saw the movie before reading the book. Um the character of the, the grandmother, yes, is 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 bad, but it's like um it was funny when she lit the the little girl from the ground. Oh, by her, <laughs> so, by her hair, no, by her ears. By her ears. Yeah. Like ah, um, I approved of that scene. I think all children should be beat like that. Yeah, <laughs> she was but, iconic. That's like get in the line teacher. now. Gonna have my to- gym teacher used to do that with us when we were badly. He come up behind us and lift us up by her ear and drag oh, us Oh, yeah. Well, you went to Catholic school too. <laughs> Um, I I imagine it's like everyone there is like fucked up in their way. Sorry to, to say that, but um, even the grandmother is those like um have their own things. And if it's if you well, this is going back to the book. The movie doesn't happen, but technically, uh, the man who died he should have received money because it was half of the brother of of the um. Ladies, um, sorry, I can't remember the name. <laughs> the The mother, uh, has one, was half of the yeah, was half of the brother of the the man, the old man. So technically, he should have inherited something, right? And yeah, I enjoyed that. Now that there's a will, yeah, you can well, bypass. Yeah. You, you can bypass everything if there's a will. Yeah. If there wasn't a will, then 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 the chances are they go into probate, uh, and that's a shish job for years. Trust me, probate. Yeah. And no but at the same time, the mother the mother would have got money anyway because she would have married to the half brother, and the site would have. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but because yeah. there was a will, you know. But what happened to the half brother? They never say. And well, I know he died, but but what did he do? What did he do for a living? Was he traveled a lot? But they never really. Said- I can understand, but in the book it's explained that that he was raised in a different place and and he didn't have any money, and then um, they were po- he was poor. Yes. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um. Basically, is um, I think what happened was is that his the half brother has something to do with he either had sex with a servant, the the they shared a father, and. He had yeah. set the, um, the father, their father had a sex with a servant, and then when she got pregnant, I think they kicked her out of the house. Yeah, and then when, she, and when, the, when and when the mother died, the half brother came in to live with them. But, yeah, but but it has but, something to do with like the mother dying. So and then they were and, he, and they were poor. So I'm assuming that it's probably some scandal that was going on.
Uh, I enjoy the movie. Um, I I would give give it like maybe four points. Um, yeah, when when they when the the girl killed uh, her mom, you know, and then push her through the um, the balcony, that was a bit <laughs> strange. <laughs> um, but yeah, dark, dark, dark movie. Twisted. How many stars do would you give it, David? Davida. Um, I'll have to keep the same three point five. Uh, so there were parts that I enjoyed it, and I, it's both in the book and in the movies. But it wasn't something that for me was very memorable. Again, in the in the movie, for example, the religious extremism that you find in the book that it's like a proper mean constant theme then you also have in the in the movie like for example the, the kids are more passive in in the movie compared to the book in the book they're more like responsive they get angrier they respond to the grandmother they take control and like oh you bitch you know we we know we've read the bible so we know you know sort of thing. and then in, in, the, in the movie instead they're very very passive about it um but then there's a, still this constant uh, religious extremism, and it's kind of well. And the movie is a little bit less pushy than in the book, and uh, at least that's the way I perceive it. Obviously, you explained there's this whole historical period, so it probably makes sense. But I saw a little bit less of it in in the movie. But besides that, uh, it, it was it was good, an okay movie, but wasn't memorable for me. So I would have to give it a three point five. And what about your stuff, Vix? I give it a four. It wasn't that bad. I mean, it was, I like the gothic, you know, thriller mystery genre. So it wasn't that bad. And and Corinne did get her comeuppance in this version. So I was kind of pleased with that because it wasn't, did not make me happy that she just walked away in the first, in the first <laughs> book. But um, I don't know. I mean, the books are kind of worth reading. People might enjoy it. And I know if you really got a rainy day out there and you turn on, you know, Hallmark or, or lifetime and that these movies come on really all it takes is five minutes and you start watching it and you just don't stop watching them so it's a guilty pleasure it really is that four i'm gonna give it a three i think it's because i think um there's a lot of problems and and the and director wanted his name off it because he was not happy with what the studio did with the actual they did they took it away from him and they recut it and everything like this cut it to and hell. i think you can tell. And I would like to have seen his version of it because I think it might have been more exciting. Though Louise Fletcher's brilliant. There are parts of it that I find brilliant. But there's a part, there's a, my mind wanders a lot when I've seen this movie. So I don't, you know, and I kind of wish that there was a bit more. I kind of wish they didn't make it so soap opera. And I, I would love to, if they made the movie a little bit more in line with the book and gave that thing. And I also think it's a product of the 80s as well. So it's a product of the 80s multiplex movies. Where they're kind of a bit empty. There's kind of an empty. I I should have felt something more. And I kind of watching it. I really didn't care if the kids lived or died. And the only part that touched me is when the little one, you know, Corey goes, "Hello, John," and then he doesn't yeah. come back. And that 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 was probably the only touching scene there. That was the and only thought, touching thing in the whole movie. The whole. Movie. And he should have. I mean, he should have just felt like. I mean, you yeah. need to feel the something. The, the anger. The agony and the horribleness of what's going on and you're kind of just watching it it's like okay sort of thing and yeah. i mean if you think about it you know these kids are going these kids are going through hell and he didn't there need to be more of that hellish 
aspect of to it. And it, it does yeah. feel like, but then again, I don't know if you can do this in an hour and a half movie because it you is can. quite a Well, I think they game. did a series. Did they did any series that out, didn't they? When they did the Cured and Shit Cup. Isn't that many? They series? did, yeah. The, 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 but that was like two, but, and they still kind of missed the boat on that because for some reason it's kind of, that felt like, it felt like one of those, it felt too much like a TV movie. Even though there's some good stuff in it. I mean, Heather Graham's very good in it. And, yeah, she's awesome. Um, and the, and Ellen Bernstein as the Oh, God, she's excellent as Grandma. She's brilliant. Ellen Bernstein is badass as Grandma. But there is something that's missing out of that as well. I'm not quite sure what it is. So, you know, but that's more closer to the book. So, yeah. brings us the end of literary license podcast and that was our last episode of america goes dark next month is our new season we'll be doing once upon a time we'll be doing children's books and our first story will be the little mermaid by hans christian anderson and the film from 1989 and of course we'll be continuing our regular programming for season six will include doctor who the rescue and the romance which we'll be doing two storylines that will be next week. And of course, Batman, the animated series, makes its continuation with Terror in the Skies, Almost Got Him, Birds of a Feather, and What is Reality? And of course, Make Remake um, will be continuing. There will be our last Make Remake for season six, which will be The Last Man on Earth from 1964, and the remake, I Am Legend from 2007, starring Will Smith. Our M&M, which will be the end of our M&M Monsters and Mad Men season, will be covering two stories dealing with death in two very way different ways, but they both came out the same year, and that's 2017's A Ghost Story and 2017 Coco. So it's good night for myself, and good night, Leandro. Good night, Leandro. Good night, David. <laughs> good night, everyone. <laughs> good night, Vicky. Good night. We lost Leandro. <laughs> and we'll see you next week for I keep hearing your concern about my happiness But all that thought you're giving me is conscience, I guess If I were walking in your shoes, I wouldn't worry enough Are you and your friends are worried about me, I'm having lots of fun Last night I dressed in tails, pretended I was on the tail. As long as I can dream, it's hard to slow the swinger down. So please don't give a thought to me, I'm really doing fine. You can always find me here and having quite a time. Counting flowers on the wall, that don't bother me at all. Playing solitaire till dawn with the deck of 50. Cigarettes and watching Captain Kangaroo Now don't tell me I've nothing to do It's good to see you I'm 
must go I know I look a fright Anyway, my eyes are not accustomed to this light And my shoes are not accustomed to this hard concrete So I must go back to my room and make my day complete Counting flowers on the wall That don't bother me at all Playing solitaire till dawn With the deck of 51 Smoking cigarettes and watching Captain Kangaroo Now don't tell me I've nothing to do Don't tell me I've nothing to do